Greetings, friend. Welcome back to the Wayfarer Podcast. I'm Tom Vanwell. Thanks so much for joining me again today on this chapter day journey. We are in Genesis 48, and it was verses 18 and 19 that resonated with me this morning. It says, Joseph said to Israel, his father, No, my father, this one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know, my son, I know. He too will become a people, and he too will become great. Nevertheless, his younger brother will be greater than he, and his descendants will become a group of nations. Today's podcast is entitled, Effed Up Family. Wendy and I became hooked on Yellowstone in its first season. It's now in its fourth season. Sunday night has become a weekly watch party with some of our friends. Wendy and I have often described Yellowstone to family and friends as the godfather meets modern-day Montana. Kevin Costner plays John Dutton, the widowed patriarch of a family who's owned this million-acre ranch of the most beautiful and desirable land in Montana for over a century. Now, everyone wants the land, and they will do literally anything to wrench it from Dutton's control. Dutton will do literally anything to prevent that from happening. Let's just say if John Dutton asks one of the ranch hands to drive you to the train station, you've just been given a one-way ticket to the end of the line. Dutton finds himself forced to manipulate and coerce his own adult children to protect the family and the ranch. Each of his children is, respectfully and understandably, his or her own form of messed up. Our daughter and her husband watch Yellowstone every week along with another show about a wealthy, dysfunctional family empire, and they have dubbed the evening Effed Up Family Night. I couldn't help but think of that as I read today's chapter. You know, the book of Genesis is known by many as simply a story of creation, and it's the place where you read about Noah's Ark. But the truth is that about 80% of the book of Genesis is the story of one man, Abraham, being given a promise that his descendants will become a great nation. It then tells how Abraham builds a wealthy nomadic herding operation and has a son who expands the family and the family business By the third generation, they grow to become a wealthy clan that other peoples fear as they wander the land with their livestock. In the fourth generation, the clan continues to grow into making 12 tribes who will become a people before the book of Exodus begins, in which God will make them into a nation. I've often said that all good stories are a reflection of the great story. Families growing into tribes, people, empires is a common theme in some of the epic stories we love, as is the struggle of flawed human family systems to protect and perpetuate the family legacy. The story of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph is the seminal source material of these stories. In today's chapter, two recurring themes are present. First is the ancient patriarch on his deathbed blessing his children. 
Now, that blessing is the conduit through which power and privilege are passed down to the subsequent generation. The second recurring theme is the bucking of the embedded cultural tradition of the day in which the firstborn son inherits everything. Israel, the second-born son of Isaac, who stole the birthright and deceived his father into receiving the blessing, is now the dying patriarch. His first move is to call Joseph to him. Now, Joseph was at one time his youngest son and his favorite. Joseph was the firstborn of Rachel, who was the younger sister, are we noticing a pattern here, whom Israel loved. Now, two important things happen in today's chapter. First, Israel raises Joseph's sons, his grandsons, to the status of sons and heirs of their grandfather. Joseph's sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, will become the head of their own tribes next to their uncles. Now, in doing this, Joseph's family is receiving a double portion of Israel's overall blessing. Second, Israel willfully crosses his arms when blessing Manasseh and Ephraim. He places his right hand, and that would be the hand of favor, on the younger son's head. He places his left hand, which is often the metaphor of disfavor or secondary favor in the culture of that day. He places that hand on his firstborn son's head. Now Joseph's ticked off at this. He tries to reverse it. The tradition of honoring the firstborn son runs deep in family systems, even to this day, Israel refuses to change what he has done. Like Isaac, like Jacob slash Israel, like Joseph himself, the younger brother, Ephraim, will be the greater. Hundreds of years later, when the nation of Israel splits into two nations after Solomon's reign, the southern kingdom will be called Judah, who was the fourth-born son who emerges as the leader of the tribes. And the northern kingdom will often be referred to as Ephraim, prophecy fulfilled. Along my earthly journey, I've observed that one's place and position within the family system can often have a tremendous impact on how one sees and perceives themselves, their self-worth, their place in this world. One of the things that Jesus taught, one of the spiritual realities that he put in place was that anyone who follows him will be lifted into the position of child of God, heir of God, and co-heir with Christ Jesus himself. And that's good news for everyone who grew up with family stories that would fit right into effed up family night. A couple of examples. In Matthew chapter 12, verses 46 through 48, it says, While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers showed up. They were outside trying to get a message to him. And someone told Jesus, your mother and brothers are out here wanting to speak with you. Jesus didn't respond directly, but said, who do you think my mother and brothers are? He then stretched out his hand toward his disciples. Look closely. These are my mother and brothers. Obedience is thicker than blood. The person who obeys my heavenly Father's will is my brother and sister and mother. Galatians 3.26 says, In Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. 
Galatians 4, verses 6 and 7, says, you can tell for sure that you are now fully adopted as God the Father's own children because God sent the Spirit of his Son into our lives, crying out, Papa, Father, doesn't that privilege of intimate conversation with God make it plain that you are not a slave, but a child? And if you are a child, you're also an heir with complete access to the inheritance. Romans 8, verses 15 and 16 say, This resurrection life you've received from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant. Greeting God with a childlike, What's next, Papa? God's Spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who He is, and we know who we are, Father and children. And we know we are going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. Have a great day, my friend. We'll see you back here tomorrow.